Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Caleb Enfield, and I'm the host of this show. You're listening to Nomadcast. This is a show where I bring Native people on that are doing really dope things in their lives, and we talk about those things. Today, I had a super cool guest, a guest that really needs no introduction, and that's the first time I can say it on this show and really mean it. My guest today was Congresswoman Deborah Holland. She's from New Mexico. She's part of the Pueblo of Laguna people from out there, and she's really big into environmental issues. I recorded this introduction right after the show because I didn't have time to do it during the show because we had such a limited amount of time. It's about 20 minutes. I really hope that you enjoy the show, and I really hope that you you know find something that is meaningful for you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of young folks in Indian country, they call me Auntie Deb also. So, Auntie Deb, that's so endearing. That's really cute. Yeah, no, I have a, I recorded an intro because we don't have that much time. So I didn't want to, you know, spend too much time on that. But, you know, we'll get started. Um, I'm I'm just really nervous. You know, it's not that often that a kid from a res gets an opportunity to do something this special. So especially on my own terms. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I can't even imagine how busy you must be. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Well, when you were elected, you were part of a very special and historic cohort of elected officials. You were one of the first Native American women to be elected as a congresswoman, the other being Sharice Davids, of course. What was that like? What was it like to literally make history? Well, I'm glad that I made history with my dear friend and colleague, Sharice Davids. I'm, you know, for a lot of times in my growing up as a child and later on, you know, a lot of times I've been the only Indian in the room, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, it was, it's really nice to have Sharice there with me. Um, and, you know, I helped her uh, as much as I could through her election when she was running in the primary and all of that. And, uh, and so I'm happy she was successful and that we were both successful. And now uh, we get to navigate this together. And it's been really great. Uh, I mean, it's and of course, it's, it's, you know, the historic part of it, of course, it's, it's important that young Native girls uh, see us in Congress and see, you know, people they can identify with. And and then that's important, but it's also important to make sure that Indian tribes um, have a voice. And that's what I pledged to do. Uh, you know, my slogan for my first campaign was Congress has never heard a voice like mine. And um, but I, I also felt like, you know, it's not I don't speak for my tribe or anyone's tribe. I want them to speak mm-hmm. for themselves. So we worked we worked hard to make sure that tribal leaders also have a seat at the table and we'll continue to do that. I love that they have a seat at the table. I say that a lot that we're coming for our seat, you know, that's something big that I support on this show. And I really appreciate that you do too, because mm-hmm. I agree. I think that right now the system, at least for me, someone who, you know, is very much on the outside and very much not involved. It feels like the system works for people who have either more money and or less melanin than myself or my peers. And I really enjoy that you said your position is to give us, you know, pathways to be able to access that system, not to manipulate the system for us, but to be able to empower us to do it ourselves. That's really super powerful. Um, Moving on, though, how did you get involved? Um, I've read your website and it says that you're from a military family Mm -hmm. and you are an enrolled member of the Pueblo of Laguna. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like? How much time did you spend on the res versus other places the military may have taken you? Right. Yes. Well, my dad was in the military all of my childhood. So whenever the Marine Corps called, uh, we had to move. And mm-hmm. um, so I went to 13 public schools before I graduated from Highland High School here in Albuquerque. Um, but I mean, there were times where uh, when my dad went on a, a temporary duty station, an overseas tour, uh, he was in Vietnam twice uh, for two year, two consecutive years, I should say. And so during those times, we spent a lot of time. We'd go home to my grandparents' house. And, you know, when I say home, um, they were my grandfather worked on the railroad for 45 years because they were part of the assimilation policies of the United States. And um, and so sometimes when we'd go home, it was to Winslow, where they where my grandfather was working on the railroad. Other times it was to Mesita Village on the Laguna Pueblo. So intermittently we spent time. I mean, I have fond memories of being a child in in my grand on my in my grandfather's cornfield, uh, picking off worms from ears of corn, helping him irrigate, hoe weeds, um, and and so I and you know likewise I. I remember staring through uh, my grandmother's kitchen window in Winslow, watching her cook and process all the food that my grandfather had grown. Um, you know, she 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 made everything from scratch, and and I I credit my ability to cook by just watching her for hours and hours on end. And so I had a lot of time with my grandparents, and I I'm so grateful for for all of that and. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time on the res, actually. Yeah, or in Winslow. Winslow is very much, I think, part of Indian country, even if it's not necessarily on a res. So that's it a, is, and it great. is yes. And you know when they when they sent the um, when they uh, laid track through Laguna land, Laguna granted the easement to um, to uh, I'm sorry that the Atchison Topeka and Santa Fe Railroad grant no Laguna granted the easement to the Atchison Topeka and Santa Fe Railroad and <laughs> with that they promised jobs to any Laguna person who wanted a job and so a lot of Lagunas went to Winslow and and various other parts of the country to work on the railroad and so in Winslow they had a, an Indian what they called the Indian camp. And that's where my mom was born and raised. They lived in a boxcar. Um, you know, later on, my grandfather bought my grandmother a house and in a subdivision nearby. But uh, but for the most part, they grew up in the Indian camp. So I think it was important that they were able to have their own community. They celebrated yeah. feast days there. They cooked. They had community uh, mud ovens where they bake their bread and. And they essentially took their culture along with them to Winslow. That's awesome. Do you still have ties to Winslow? I do. I have family who lives there. My my uncle never moved from Winslow. You know, a, a lot of folks like my grandparents moved back to Laguna and a, a lot of folks moved away when, when that portion of the railroad closed down. But my uncle, uh, God rest his soul, my uncle Ben, he lived there all his life and um, so we, and right now I have, you know, extended family, uh, cousins who live in Winslow and whenever I have a chance, if I'm driving out to California, I always stop and visit. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Winslow's great. Yeah, and shout out to Uncle Ben and all the extended family out there. That's amazing. I'm glad to hear that you still have ties. Um, not to get bogged down or anything and not to cut it short, but I want to move on a little bit so we can cover more. But um, that was a really insightful. Thank you. Um, so the big news in Indian country right now has been, you know, whether or not the rumors about you being vetted or whatever for the secretary of the interior are true or unfounded. Um, can you say anything about that? Well, I can say that, um, that, I mean, we've seen the, the, I'll just tell you this. I don't know any more than what all of you know. <laughs> we, sure. you know we've, okay. seen, we've seen the, the picks that president-elect Biden has made uh, to his White House team, to, you know, the secretary of treasury and some other, um, some other cabinet positions that he has made. Um, it, those are all wonderful. I am extremely supportive of president-elect Biden. Um, he hasn't gotten to the interior secretary mm -hmm. yet. And, uh, sure. but I can tell you this much that regardless of who he chooses, I am going to be supportive of this administration and do all I can to make sure that it is successful. Um, one of the things that I really, really appreciate is that uh, President-elect Biden has the most progressive environmental policy, climate policy of any president ever. Mm -hmm. And so I, regardless of where I am, if I'm in Congress, it's legislation that I'll help move through. Um, but I, I am going to support um, his policy platform in these areas and of course, everywhere I can. And, um, sure. It, excited. Um, you know, I, I just want to say also that, um, I mean, the department of the interior has an important role in Indian country. And mm -hmm. one of those I saw front and center in my work on the natural resources committee. Uh, one of the, you know, the most important um, uh, parts of, of this government-to-government -government relationship is tribal consultation. And we've seen such a lack of that in the Trump administration. It was terrible. Uh, Indian tribes who, whose sacred sites were blasted apart um, by the Trump administration with no consultation, right? They would text the chairman, you know, two hours ahead of time to say, we're dynamiting this area of your reservation. Um, it's, it's just been a nightmare for so many tribes. Uh, this administration has not done what it should be doing. Um, mm -hmm. I absolutely feel very strongly that tribal consultation is something that Joe Biden will take extremely seriously. And I think that, um, regardless of who is in interior, um, this administration will be exemplary when it comes to, um, you know, consulting with Indian tribes. So uh, interior has so many large roles, land into trust issues. Um, mm -hmm. I think the interior will be a large part of the 30 by 30 resolution to save nature that Joe Biden has adopted into his platform. Uh, there are many, many ways that um, Indian tribes will benefit uh, from this administration and uh, regardless of, of, of who's in that position. Sure. Sure. Um, but let's just, uh, let's just say that you were to be picked, you know, what, 
I mean, what is, there's so many people that are excited about this idea of, you know, a native person being picked for the cabinet. Um, I read this article this morning from Julian Brave Noise Cat, and there's this little excerpt that I'd like to read and see what your thoughts are on it. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. goes, despite her modesty, Holland's consideration for the role is more than just nice for one individual. It could spell a potentially significant shift on the horizon for all Native Americans, a diverse group whose long and vexed relationship with the U.S. government has made them a strategic voting bloc, as well as an unusually nimble political force. Sure. Well, I mean, let me say this. To have a Native American in the interior position, it wouldn't only be symbolic because it absolutely would be. And I think it would it would signal to tribes across the country that their voices are absolutely being heard. It would be it would be so profound. I mean, so many, you know, I think about my mom who's 85 years old and um you know, she lived to see the first Native women elected to Congress. Um, and, and it would be profound. And and I mm-hmm. think about that, especially um, because of the history that we've had. The federal government tried to exterminate Native Americans. Yeah. There's no other way to say it, right? We've been through genocide and terrible, terrible eras of federal Indian policy and um, and I just think that um, that it would be profound and, you know, such a uh, I mean, it would just it would signal to tribes across the country that their voices are being heard. Um, you know, I've I got my start in politics by being a phone volunteer. I I wanted more Indians to vote and that that was just the bottom line of it, right? I Yeah. I really I really wanted to see more Native Americans vote because I felt like we should have a say in who our elected officials are. And and I feel like you know our voices are really um rising up right now and we saw that in this past election in in um in Arizona, for example, you probably saw that map on Twitter where it had the Indian tribes outlined on one map and then the the bright blue spot splotches on the map on the other map showing where Indian country was and how many voters came out. And I know mm-hmm. that Indian country played a role in flipping Arizona to Joe Biden during this election. So I feel like our participation in our government, in our politics, it is, it is a, I mean, that's how we make our voices heard. And, and yes, mm-hmm. it's taken a long time. It's taken a very long time, but I hope that, I hope that, that, you know, our native relatives and friends uh, see that, you know, their participation makes a difference and it has. Yeah. Agreed. It's powerful. Powerful words, mm-hmm. really, really are. Um, well, moving on, so we don't get bogged down. Um, right now, a lot of your policy is focused on environmental issues, racial justice, um, especially in Indian country, and much like most of your peers right now, COVID nineteen. How are you juggling these diverse issues? Um, well, gosh, we uh, we just do what we need to do, right? We've, I mean, look d- during this pandemic, it's. Who would have ever guessed that it would last this long and be this devastating? But yeah. early on, you know, we worked hard to 
make sure that tribal governments had the funding. Uh, this Trump administration in the first CARES Act wanted to give Indian tribes zero. And uh, many of us fought for funding for tribes who were able to get $8 billion into the first package. Um, and we're, you know, we're working hard to get more in. But, um, but we just, I mean, I have a wonderful staff who cares deeply about the things that I care about. Um, first and foremost, my district here in New Mexico, District 1, um, and making sure they have what they need. So, I mean, the pandemic is the most, you know, we need to get past that terrible um, health crisis because it's, sure. it's, you know, it's caused, um, it's highlighted the disparities in in communities of color. And we we know that we can't get back our economy and build it up until um, we have a healthy country. And so... Yeah. Um, so we're we're working hard on those things, and um, I don't know if it's juggling. It's just like everyone hunkering down and doing the work that we need to do. I love that. Yeah, it's not juggling; you're just doing it. That's so yeah. that's so smart. You know. <laughs> anyway, um, before we close up, I just have one more question: um, Is there going to be space for reputable sources of native news, entertainment, and media like Indian Country Today or Nomadcast? allowed in the White House anytime soon. I think, you know, some of those dudes from, I don't know, other news sources like CNN need to sit some next to something else, you know, and learn. <laughs> well, I, th- I, you know, I think you should absolutely keep trying. You should absolutely keep trying. <laughs> Indian country, you know, they want to hear from, um, they want to hear from the White House, I'm sure. So, um, yeah. I think you no, should I just, try. Uh, yeah, no, I've, uh, I've, I've tried a lot. I, I'm definitely going to keep trying. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. I know that you're busy and you have a limited time and this has been really special. Thank you. Of course, of course. And, um, you know, I, I do want to, uh, I've been working hard to make sure that Indian country that, you know, the issues that we're working on in Indian country make the news, Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a struggle sometimes too. So we'll work together and we'll keep uh, pushing things forward and, and um, you know, we'll support you regardless. I appreciate you so much. And, you know, if you ever find time again, I'd love to have you on for more long form conversation. Um, but as it stands, I've enjoyed this immensely and I thank you for the opportunity. Thank you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm going to end the recording now. So, that was Congresswoman Deb Holland. She was really fun to talk to. Um, after we stopped recording, we tattered for, tattered, chattered for just a little bit. And it was awesome. She's like any person on the res, you know. Um, she believes in her community, her land, her history. And this was pointed out a little bit more even after we stopped talking because, you know, she talked about her relatives and she talked about her family in a way that maybe she was holding back during the show or something, or maybe she really wanted to just talk about policy as much as she could while she had a platform. But either way, I loved it. And I'd love so much to have her back on to talk in long form about some of those things, because a lot of the listeners that are on this show, that's what they identify with, you know? I mean, they appreciate the policy, don't get me wrong, and they know how important it is, but they... They really enjoy hearing those stories about growing up on the res and stuff. And I feel like she has a lot of those. And I feel like she has a lot of insight, you know, things that 
maybe we just didn't have time to touch on because, you know, she's a busy person. I mean, it's incredible that she even carved out any time at all to be on a show so small and to talk with someone that, you know, really has no audience. I mean, and I don't mean to insult anyone who does listen, but in the scheme of things, you know, I'm no, I'm no Joe Rogan or anything. I'm not out here with a million listeners, right? Um, I mean, I do, I do okay. And I'm proud of what I do, but this is crazy. And it's really incredible that she found that time because that's not easy to do. But anyway, I really hope that all of you guys, you know, enjoyed it, found something to, found something to enjoy. I will have all links to find all of her stuff, as much stuff as I can find for her. Um, like her social medias and stuff all in the episode notes. And thank you all so much for listening. If you do want to support and, you know, help the show out at all, I don't really have like a Patreon or anything, or I don't have, um, like a, like a cash app or any of that, because I just, I've never believed in, you know, locking content behind paywalls. It's just not what I want to do. And native people already, you know, aren't overburdened with wealth. So it's just not what I'm going to do. So the best way you can support me is to, um, just go and follow the show, support, you know, share it, tell people about it. Um, leave a review if you can, that would be really helpful, but really anything you can do to just help amplify the signal. That'd be great, man. The show's funded. I pay for it out of pocket. I don't need your money. I mean, unless you have a shitload of money to give and you'd like to fund this as my dream, you know, some rich philanthropist. Um, but if you're just like a common goon, like I am, I don't, you know, spend your money on your family, man. Don't spend it on my show. This is a, you know, this is a vanity project. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate you. I love you. And I hope you enjoyed. Peace.